This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Owandi. You know me already. Um, today is a special night. We have three guests tonight. Um, two Bernie Sanders uh, supporters. We also have, for the first time ever, music. Some music talent with us uh, that's going to sing a song. But before we get into the episode, we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Tim I said that right, right? It's Tim, right? <laughs> and he's in a famous band called the Soapbox Salute uh, If you've never heard of them, you guys should hear of them But he's here to sing a campaign song Tim, uh, do you want to say a few words before you get started? Here's Tim Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm Tim Dixon. I perform under the name The Soapbox Salute, and um, I write protest folk music. And I'm going to share t- with you a song that I wrote called Lullaby for the Separated. It's a song that I wrote as a lullaby to the children who are separated from their families at the border, the U.S. border. Um, specifically when uh, the, the big break, break news came out about it, but I know it's still happening as we speak. And so the song is for them. Lullaby for the Separated. Once again, it's not 
Check out my music at thesoapboxsalute.com. Um, you can find one of my songs on Spotify. And be on the lookout for that song because it is being recorded and will be out soon, hopefully this year. Well, thank you, Tim. That was nice. That was nice. Uh, like you said, check him out on um, all those platforms that he mentioned. So let's get down to the episode at hand. So today I have two guests with me, uh, Molly and Dirk. Molly, um, I never met these two people, but uh, I wanted to do a episode about the uh, upcoming election. Now that's, you know what I'm saying, Super Tuesday is coming Tuesday. close. Soon. It's Tuesday, right? <laughs> it's on Tuesday. It's on tu- Next week, Tuesday? Yeah. March well, I didn't 3rd. Know I don't know that. <laughs> well, it's a good Five thing you had us right. in. <laughs> All right, so yeah, su- <laughs> Super you- Tuesday is coming up. Um, so we have two people now. Well, first of all, Molly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Dirk, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so now when we have this conversation, I want you guys to. I'm really. I don't really know shit about Bernie Sanders that much. I just know that he's old. And. Uh, I'm leaning toward voting for Biden. So just pretend that this is basically like a sales pitch when we talk (laughs) and when you guys answer these questions on why people and why should I consider voting for Bernie Sanders. But before we get into all that, I want to know about your guys' history, your guys' upbringing. So when I ask these questions, I can get a... uh, an idea of your guys' answers uh, from your background. So we're going to start with Dirk first. Uh, Dirk, you are from the Bay Area? No, not at all. Where are you from? Born? Well, I was born in in Canada. Canada, okay. And uh, I grew up in West Michigan in a town called Grand Rapids, which I was saying to Molly just an hour or so ago, uh, if you can imagine a place that is politically the inverse of the Bay Area, it's Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm. Everybody goes to church on Sunday. Nobody gets an abortion. And uh, you're not allowed to be gay. Pretty much how I remember it. 
Is it so? Is is like a is it like a rednecks and shit running around? No, I mean it's like the city that Republicans imagine every city in America would be like if they got to take over. Okay. It's it's like uh, you know it's about half a million people. Uh-huh. It's the second biggest city in Michigan, and uh, it's the home of Amway, which is the most successful pyramid scheme in American history. And uh, it's also the home of Betsy DeVos, our current Secretary of Education, who is uh, so you guys got a lot actively tearing <laughs> tearing down our educational system. How does it feel to be where to be from where Betsy DeVos is from? I have not been back since I turned eighteen. Okay. So when you were growing up there, did you feel oppressed? Uh, yes. Yeah. Did you feel like out of place? Like I don't fit in with none of these motherfuckers here? Uh, no. Nah, look, there there was definitely uh, you know a crowd of misfits that I ran with, but um, you know for the most part, yeah, the dominant uh, culture of Grand Rapids, Michigan, did not suit me well. Mm. And you left as soon as you turned eighteen to go to college. Well, to, yes, to go to college. But also to be fair, that was the year that my parents left as well. Um, so they moved. They moved to Philadelphia, and uh, I moved and went to college in Philadelphia as well. So there wasn't really a lot of reason for me to go back there. If my folks had still lived there, uh, I probably would have gone back after turning eighteen. But um, my parents didn't really like it either. Mm. When you moved to Philly. Was it like a culture shock? Absolutely. Did you see your like first black person ever in life? No, there's plenty of black people in Grand Rapids. <laughs> I mean, half a million people, but you know, there's. Um, I would say like going to Philadelphia, um, the the contrast was more about the poverty. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's poor neighborhoods in Grand Rapids, but you know they were like poor neighborhoods, relatively speaking. Like they were poor neighborhoods that my friends lived in. Um, and you know, you would see like, I don't know. I remember sleeping over at a buddy's house and, uh, you know, watching like guys from the neighborhood shoot craps behind the corner store. That was like right behind his house, but it would never like, you would never hear gunshots or anything like that. Uh, Philadelphia, I was started out, uh, at LaSalle, which is like right up in North Philadelphia. Definitely like heard gunshots Mm. every night. So that was a culture shock. So you moved to North Philly? For college for the first year and a half, yeah. What college did you go to? LaSalle University. And I ended up transferring out of there uh, and going to Eastern, which is more out in the suburbs. What did you study in college? Philosophy. That's good. What can you do with a philosophy major? Uh, I currently work for a uh, major fashion retailer. (laughs) Levi's? It's it's one of the ones in the Bay Area. I'm not going to name names. My LinkedIn <laughs> profile is not that hard to find if anybody listening really wants to know. What if I want some like connections or something? You forget? Like I said, it's it's one of the big ones. Right. There's only there's not that many around. So here, what do you but, do for them? Uh, I run their European e-commerce operations. Okay. All right. So you uh, you went to school for philosophy. Did you like get a master's or? No. No, just digital. The no, I'm actually I'm the only. If you really want to know about my background, yes, I'm the only person in my family that doesn't have a PhD. Whoa. Okay, so you're the misfit. You're the like the black. I am the black sheep. Absolutely, <laughs> the black sheep. Wow. All right, that's a successful family. If you are the black sheep, uh, yeah, you know they're doing all right. I mean, it depends what scale you're you're measuring such things on, but siblings. Yeah, I got a younger brother. He's just a one? philosophy professor at uh, Georgia State. Wow. Okay. 
All right, so uh, what brought you to California? Did you go from Philly to California? Uh, I did. And what brought you to California? Uh, I found out I was going to have a kid, and uh, my ex-wife's... So you're a father, okay. I am a father. My ex-wife's family, uh, she grew up out here. They're all out here. Um, you know, having a good extended family network support structure was something we thought was important. Mm. Um, also, just generally speaking... Uh, yeah, Philadelphia is a cool place to live, I think. Um, you know, if you're a young person on your own, wouldn't necessarily be the place I would recommend to start a family. Yeah. All right. Molly, spotlight's on you now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Bay Area native? No, I'm, um, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, actually. Okay. Um, central Pennsylvania, though. So all three of us are from Pennsylvania. Where are you from in Pennsylvania? I'm from Philly. You're from Philly. What part no of Philly way. are you from? I'm from North Philly. Okay. But what's, not, your cro- not, what's your cross street? About, this is not about me. When did you Well, come we out? don't know. We need to know, too. We got to know what we're getting no into. No one asks me. Uh, if you guys never listed this, but no one asks me questions. On when did you come out oh, to California? Well, see, you had two people who were going to talk Cal- about canvassing. <laughs> no, no, we're going to ask like, questions. Anyway, so you're from, Pen- you're from Pennsylvania. When did you come out to California? When I come out of California? In 2002. Okay. So you've been out here for a while. Yeah. But I was in San Diego at first. Oh, okay. For school. All right. Yeah. And then you moved up north. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand, like, you, you brought us on to interview us, but we came on to canvas you. <laughs> and this is how it works. Tell we got to ask you some questions, deepest, too. Deepest, darkest fears. <laughs> All right. So you're from Pennsylvania. Yes. All right. Um, but I grew up um, not in a city. I grew up on a farm uh-huh. outside of a small town. So What farm? What farm? I mean, not what farm, oh. but like what town? <laughs> um. I grew up on a farm outside of a very small town called Hughesville. Hughesville? Yeah. That sounds like a, like a cartoon or something. Yeah. It has two red lights. It's very wow. tiny. How was that? It was very tiny. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I grew up on a goat farm, and I really thought Pennsylvania was very, very beautiful, but I also knew that when I was 18, I was never coming back. So. How many people were in your town? 2200 it's one of those towns where everyone knows each other everyone's like dating each other and shit it's very small i mean my my family's from there too so i have lots of like that's my aunt but really it's like my second cousin somehow kind of thing um so you didn't you didn't i mean (laughs) (laughs) did you ever date a guy and found out he was related to you in that small town no. You hesitated but, there. <laughs> well, that's no. kind of like a question that, you know. I, I, no. think, I think it's a stereotype about people from small towns, you know? Well, yeah, but the truth is the person I'm dating right now is technically related to me. Wow. I know. I know. I know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, you, right, let's I talk, know. Let's the talk, cameraman let's... just I know. Out. The cameraman is just mortified, and I like hesitated <laughs> before I said it, but it's like far enough back that I've deemed it like we're just gonna roll with it. Wait right. a minute. You got it. You got it. You can't just say that and just skip over it. I know. It. So how 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 is he related <laughs> to you? So I met him out here. So okay. not in a small town. He's, um, and the way that we found this out is his mom's maiden name is the same as my last name. And we're like, that's a really weird coincidence, but it's not like an uncommon name. Uh-huh. And so we looked as well as we could in our genealogy, because he's also from a different part of the country. So we're like, what's, you know, what's the chances? 
And we have this suspicion that like six generations back, okay. they may have been the same like bloodlines. So that's like about as far back as Elizabeth Warren is Native American, right? Just about, yeah. Okay. I mean, we but can't you, be but sure. But you know you're related. But you we just can't be sure, how. but there's, so his family moved more out west. He's from like the Midwest. I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And so like his family bloodline goes through the same town that my family is from. So is this a serious relationship? Yes, I know. Thank you. Do you are you you curious to find out before it gets even serious? Like, you know, you don't want him to propose to you, and then you find out like, oh, he's my great. I mean, not great, but he's my cousin. Like, I know. I really didn't think I'd be sharing the story. It's just like a weird quirk. Uh, Well, this is everyday celebrity. (laughs) Um, You don't know what you go talk about. I know. Well, it's. I guess we just figured like six generations back is probably a enough back question mark. You're right. horrified. I know. We're, we're I, gonna you're figure. You're probably it out. safe genetically <laughs> speaking. I mean, but fifth cousins. <laughs> I don't know. And we're just gonna like. I think we're actually right now opting just not to look into it too deeply. Okay. <laughs> to each his own. What's his name? John. John what? I don't want to share his name. <laughs> All right, uh, so you left when you were 18. Mm-hmm. Did you leave because you just hated uh, the farm life and wanted to go to the big city? I mean, I always, I, I don't know, I always grew up knowing that I was going to leave. It's a very small town and just had this sense of, like, I had to go. And my, and my, fam- my parents knew that, too. They're like, there's nothing, there's not a lot here, right? It's mm-hmm. a very rural area and um i wanted to go to college my dad didn't go to college took my mom like very long time going to night school so they just wanted you know they understood it was hard but kind what of school thing. did you go to uh i went to school in philadelphia too actually that's our overlap i went to penn oh, okay and you studied what i started out as pre-med and then had just like a really hard first year um just being totally out of the water, and so I transitioned into English major, and that's what I got a degree in. Are you a teacher? No, I'm actually back in school right now for nursing, so I'm a nursing student, and I'm a bartender. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What bar? Uh, Travis Marina Bar. I don't know. I never heard of it. Yeah, it's in Sausalito. It's in Sausalito. That's far. Yeah. All right, so you, uh, what were you like in college? Like a party girl? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> why don't you ask him this are you, were you a party it. girl Dirk I did hella drugs yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I got that vibe all the philosophy <laughs> majors you don't have to ask like once you tell them the majors dropping ass what was your drug of choice Dirk uh, LSD I mean I smoked weed like regularly he's a philosophy like, major I guess that makes you know, sense <laughs> it's basically yeah a lot of, lot of acid do you still dabble in occasionally in LSD or just drugs I mean occasionally i'll take something a little more heady not like every weekend but you know it's nice to go back and and visit those fond memories of Mm. you know the giant galaxy brain that we're all part of nice molly yeah i molly i had a much more traditional i i yeah i so i never drank until i went to college and then was like yeah it was like a fish out of water scenario and i definitely tried college and all that it was yeah that's the political answer (laughs) (laughs) all right so you uh how did you end up in california 
Um, I moved to New York after after school and had a few jobs and just like really got tired of the winters. My best friend and I decided to move out to California. Yeah. Why California though? Why all the way across the I country? Really was done with New York and um, I was like I don't know twenty four or something at the time and we're like let's just go let's just go and so did you know anybody in California? No. And we, I'd never been here, and we just road tripped across and moved here and figured it out. I like, after, after my last job in New York, we traveled together for a little while outside of the country and just decided to move to the Bay Area. Her family's from, her family's from Hawaii, so it was kind of like in the middle of everything. Is she still out here? Mm-hmm, yeah. You guys are still friends? Yeah. You guys still live together? No, but we did for the first year. All right. Um, so, what made you? So, explain to me. Um, you guys work for the DSA, right? We're volunteers. Volunteers. Yeah. So, explain to the people. I don't know what the DSA is. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, the DSA. Uh, it's Democratic Socialists of America. It's a national organization, um, a political group that organizes around socialist campaigns, um, and they have local chapters across the country um and it's volunteer led we have like a small staff of like 10 or so people nationally but it's really led by volunteers our local chapter in the east bay has um around 1200 members and we work on things like right now our biggest campaign is bernie sanders stuff but personally i've been involved in other um issues around like the big thing i did last year was the oakland teachers strike supporting them um yeah and it's I think it's uh, it's an organization that's dramatically blossomed and boomed since um, Bernie Sanders in 2016 and Trump's election, as well as like AOC and other socialist. Uh, well, you guys, is the DSA just working on Bernie Sanders, or is it working on all the Democrats? I mean, does it give equal like attention to all Democrats running? I, I don't. I wouldn't trust them if they did. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure no. Okay. Um, so what made you get into politics? Or what? Uh, I'll take it, sure. sure. I mean, we both... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of grew up with it. Like, um, you know, I, I grew up in the Reagan era. I remember my dad yelling at Reagan, giving the State of Union on the TV. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of always been a part of uh, my perspective on the world. Like the one thing, you know, my parents were college professors, so they were liberal, but you know, they're also Christians. And um, I would say that like, you know, my father in particular, who was a theology professor, um, had a social justice perspective on theology, tend to look at, uh, you know, the gospels and Jesus message as being one that was more about uh, you know, liberation and economic justice and things like that. Now, you know, I'm not the believer I was when I was 10 or 12, but, you know, those things I think stick with me. And uh, I would even say, like, there's certain folks that, you know, when I was in college, um, and one of my professors, this guy named uh, Tony Campolo, is very much in that same bent 
of uh, taking a, a Christian perspective on economic, social, racial uh, justice. And uh, had a profound effect on me. Just studying philosophy, I think that, um, you know, a big part of what you spend your time doing those four years is trying to understand things like, you know, what is real? What is truth? What is the reason that we're here? But also, like, what does it mean to, you know, live a life that's worth living? And how do you do the right thing? And, you know, struggling with that, I don't think you can see yourself as an individual separate from the rest of society. You have to take into account that your actions impact other people around you. And if you're truly concerned with doing what is right and what is just, you have to be aware that there are mechanisms of power that are either something you have to step up and try to control or there other people are going to be using it to control you. So uh, why is Bernie Sanders the candidate for you? Well, I mean, for me, I think it just comes down to what I just said, which was that he is someone who is looking to put power back in the hands of regular people. Uh, the slogan, not me, us, really has some pretty deep meaning for me. I think that he's someone who is, as you noticed, and as many people have noticed, an older man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he will not be alive as long as I will, I don't think. <laughs> but yet, you know, he is looking to you know, pass on a legacy of empowerment. And I, I do feel like most people in our society don't believe that their political involvement makes a material difference in their life. And I think for a long time that's been true. I think there's a lot of reason to feel cynical about politics, to feel like going out to vote or organize or talk to anybody else about voting doesn't really matter. Because the biggest microphones out there are going to be like cable news, the politicians uh, that can get on cable news, and the people who can buy those ads that we see, like those Bloomberg ads that are around everywhere. So, you know, Bernie's message is that if we are willing to work together and if we're willing to step up and fight for somebody that we don't know, you know, who could be very different from us, but understand that just as regular everyday people, we can take power back from the people who've been trying to pull those levers and, you know, use all these different mechanisms in our society to control us. Doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. And so many people are just white knuckling it. You know, I am in a fortunate position where I am a wealthy college educated white man living in America. Mm. But, you know, even from that perspective, it just seems like there are people that are going through things that given how wealthy our society is, given how many, you know, billion, I think there's like 63 billionaires in the Bay area. And we got parks in Oakland that are just filled with people living in tents. Yeah, the Bay Area, I don't know if you know this, but the Bay Area has the most uh, billionaires in one, um, one area in the whole country. Yeah, I believe it. So, uh, Molly, what, what, uh, why is Bernie Sanders the candidate for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little bit different because I didn't grow up political at all. It wasn't until Bernie Sanders kind of came in to run in 2016 that I 
I don't know. I just felt like there was a breath of fresh air in. Did you did you vote for Obama? Yeah, I voted for Obama both times. It was my first time in your first, your first time voting. Yeah. Okay. And you voted for Bernie Sanders the last uh, last time. Uh, I went to vote for him, and I found out that I wasn't registered because I registered at the DMV, and then I showed up to vote, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we never get those registrations," and mm. I was so angry. <laughs> um, and they, they, you still couldn't vote. No, no, because back then, if you weren't, if you showed up to the polling place and you hadn't been registered, now, fortunately, if you're in California, you can register day of, which is how it should be. Okay. Um, and I was very upset last time, but yeah. All right, uh, continue. Why, why is he? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like when he ran the first time, it was, like I said, I hadn't, I'd never been bo- involved in politics before. I honestly didn't even know what that would look like or what it would mean to be like a politically engaged person. Um, but I felt like out of everything that was happening, he was just speaking that so much like, I don't know, common sense that I felt like politicians seemed to never talk about before, like things that actually matter to everyday people that for some reason year after year, um, you know, we weren't really hearing. And so it began this process for me of getting involved. And um, for me, Bernie Sanders is really the only, the only option for the working class to actually have power over our lives right now. And that means um, power in terms of healthcare. One of his big pushes right now is Medicare for all. I'm a nursing student and um, it's like inhumane what our current, pro- like, I'll say system, but it's not really a system. Um, healthcare system is, and the environment. I know, you know, people are th- say like I'm worried about the environment, but if we aren't serious about these things, um, our children are not going to have an inhabitable world. Well, let me let me ask you this: If yeah. you, uh, if the environment mm-hmm. is one of your big uh, concerns, uh, why not vote for um, Tom Sawyer? Tom uh, Steyer. I thought you hadn't been following Tom the Steyer? That's Tom the name. Steyer. Tom Steyer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys that. Well, I. Well, because fuck a billionaire. <laughs> Tom Steyer is a billionaire? He's yeah. a billionaire. Yeah. And. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's, he's one of the he, nicer doesn't ones. Do, doesn't he do so much? Like, isn't he out there on the front lines trying to do. Look, if you're a billionaire, you could have fixed the pipes in Flint instead of running for president. Okay. And I mean, I think for me at the the core of it is, I think that this is, for me personally, is it's a lot bigger than Bernie. Like I have been dedicating a tremendous amount of time to get Bernie elected, but what I'm really excited about is the movement that's happening around Bernie and like led by Bernie. Um, people across the country are getting activated and empowered for the first time in many people's lives. And young people, working class people, he has by far the most supporters who are, um, teachers are like one of his biggest donors, Amazon workers, Walmart workers. And these are people who have been like systematically disenfranchised in the political system. And he's part of this movement. I know it sounds cheesy, but he's part of this movement that like is actually giving a voice to that. And I think that like that can't be understated about how exciting it is and um yeah i'm really excited i i'm personally excited because i just think like politics is not working for everyday people and bernie is part of this process that's actually like bringing people in as opposed to like telling them to stay home and just 
keep going about their lives. I, I just want to bounce off what Molly's saying. Like, you know, with every other politician, the plan is basically, and you know, Liz, Liz Warren's a good example of this. She's got a plan for everything, right? So the expectation is like, well, you get behind this person, you help them get elected, you vote for them, and then once they win, you go home, and the ship of state just runs itself. And that has not been working for anybody but the very, 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 very rich in this country for a long time. Now, the idea is getting Bernie elected doesn't mean that we all just go home afterwards. None of the big things that he wants to get done are going to happen unless we all stay activated. And, you know, I'll say one of the reasons why I think working with the DSA in particular, uh, you know, something that's impressed me, and I, I'm not, like, deep in with the DSA, I'm like... You know, I, I like I like the minister. I go to church with these guys. I like the choir, but you know, I'm not like there every Sunday, right? Mm. Uh, you're like you're like the Sunday service Kanye West type of guy. Yeah, kind of like I, you know I, Easter I, Christmas kind of thing. <laughs> I'm more than that, more than that. But like when it's nice, I'll tell you, they lose me when they start talking about heaven. I'm like, well, you know, but. You know, for the most part, like they are incredibly well organized, and the expectation is not that, like, well, we get Bernie in, and you know, then we all go home. The expectation is we get Bernie in, and then we still got work to do, right? We still got to stay engaged. You still got to show up to local events. Uh, you still got to participate in things like, you know, Moms for Housing. Uh, you still got to be ready to show up somewhere. You know, when the time comes to apply pressure, you know. The president can only do so much, right? And we are also very fortunate to have uh, a fantastic congresswoman representing us here in the East Bay, Barbara Lee. I can honestly not think of somebody I would rather have representing me. But, you know, across the Bay, Nancy Pelosi, not so great, you know? You so, like Nancy Pelosi? No. I thought everyone loved her. No. No, Shahid Buttar is running against her and I think is much more in line with like Bernie and uh, you know where I, I think I speak for Molly, you would agree, right? More in line with like our perspective on things. As far as I'm concerned, Nancy Pelosi is somebody who works for the venture capitalists that give her money. And the reason that she's powerful is she's able to raise money from those billionaires in the Bay Area who want the world to be a certain way. They want to have influence. Maybe they don't hate gay people, you know. Maybe they want to be kind of woke in that sense. But, you know, they feel like they're better than us. You know, they feel like because they're rich, they're somehow gifted and special in a way that the rest of us aren't. And those are the people that Nancy Pelosi works for. And I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in a politician that's going to work for me, and those are the politicians that I'm going to work for. Now... I will say that Nancy Pelosi has done some okay things in her career. And, I, you know, God bless her. for Are you for diminishing Nancy Pelosi's track record? I, look, I'm not saying everything she's done is terrible. And, you know, I prefer her to, like, whatever Republican counterparts have come before her. But, you know, at the same time, like, I feel like she's ineffective, and I feel like she's paid to be ineffective. And I think she's paid to give in and not to really fight for just everyday people. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Is Bernie Sanders rich? Is he a millionaire? I, he's sure. Yes. 
as far as I know, I haven't you know seen his tax returns. But yes, that's that's the wrap on him. How do you feel about uh, because I read he would not release his tax returns? How do you feel about that? I think he did release his tax returns. He released uh, just he did, he didn't release all of his tax returns. He just released like little bits and pieces of it. Well, I don't know. I don't really care. I mean, I, I know the guy's probably worth a few million dollars. Yeah. I don't think he's up to anything shady. Do you think Bernie Sanders or any of the people running for president, I mean, they're all rich, right? They're not like you and me. Do you think any of those guys know what it's like for like normal people, what normal people go through on a day-to-day basis? Do you, what I'm saying is, I'm going to give you an example. Do you think Bernie Sanders understands when a person gets a check from work and needs to decide whether to pay his light bill or his car insurance. Do you think Bernie Sanders understands that? I, I mean, I can't speak for Bernie, but I would say yes, mostly because... Um, or does, does Bernie Sanders just read a talking head and be like, oh, or does staff members bring him mm-hmm. a piece of paper, oh, you need to talk about, you know how yeah, politics, sure. when they go on and speak to crowds and they give a story, oh, yeah. this is to the mother who has three kids, like, yeah. they're just reading talking heads. Yeah. So what makes you think Bernie Sanders really understands that? I mean, I think what you're getting at is exactly why so many people feel apathetic about politics. Because like, we know we're being patronized and given platitudes, and it feels disingenuous. And I, for me, that's what's... Ex- Sorry, there's a button there. Um, that's what's so excited about... Uh, why I'm so excited about Bernie Sanders is because he doesn't have time for that kind of nonsense where like he comes from a very, very like working class background he talks about how he was raised in like a rent controlled apartment in brooklyn and his you know they lived very like you know working class and he has been consistently and he like you said he's an old guy consistently since he was young on the side of working class people and when it wasn't easy and it wasn't like popular to do he has been out in front of fighting for gay rights and the environment and things well before it was a popular thing and he just he's the most trusted politician in the united states and i think his track record speaks to that but i totally hear you like i my eyes glaze over and like my rage boils in my head when i hear politicians give the give us these stories that you just know has been rehearsed for sound bites and People are rightfully angry about that, I think. I'll tell you the one thing that's interesting about Bernie is that you'll hear somebody like Molly knows his personal history, but he does not really talk about it. No. He's, you know, like, he's yeah. not out on the campaign trail talking about how poor he was as a kid, but he, he was poor as a kid. And he's you know someone who you know, grew up, never didn't have any cousins because his, you know, his parents, brothers, and sisters died in the Holocaust. Uh, you know, I think he was the first one born in the United States. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure first generation at any rate. Um, and yeah, dad came over. Yeah, it's, you know, you can't miss it. You know, when you hear the man talk, he's not trying to sell you anything based on uh, a childhood in poverty, but the way that the man talks about poverty, you know it means something to him. And I think the fact that he's not using, you know, his own story as the centerpiece for why you should trust him or why you should vote for him. Honestly, it speaks volumes. Mm. What's your uh, number one concern? Like when you, 
as far as supporting a candidate, what's the what's your number one issue? Well, that's the question I was planning on asking you. This ain't about me. Well, no, but here, hold up a sec, because I do want to I do want to cover this for like everyone who still might want to go knock some doors and here's this, you know, out for later primary states and things like that. But, you know, the process through which, like, we usually have these conversations is to ask somebody first, you know, have you been paying attention to the election? You gave that one away early on and said that you weren't. Now, I don't know if I totally believe you. Mm -hmm. We've done some research for this podcast. But then the next question is, like, what is the issue that's most important to you? And, you know, just having somebody open up about, what is it that matters to you politically or being able to draw a connection to, you know, something that impacts them in a meaningful way? Um, now, that said, I will, I will try to answer your question as best I can. And, um, you know, I really think it's sort of, it's not even really, you know, an issue that most people would campaign on necessarily. It's more of a, a structural thing, but it's, it's money in politics and the influence of money over the political process. And I think more than anything, you know, if you look at the way that establishment politicians in the Democratic Party, uh, as well as the folks on cable news, uh, have been covering Bernie Sanders and clearly resisting, you know, the, it's obvious, you know, if you, if you watch any sort of talking head on cable news, most of them find the idea of a Bernie, <laughs> Bernie presidency just repellent. And, you know, I think, I believe the reason for that is not so much his policies, but the way that he's fundraising. And the fact that he's not taking money from billionaires. I mean, he even got like, there was some wife of a billionaire not like a mega billionaire, but they had a couple billion dollars. It's crazy to even think about that, like a low-scale billionaire. And she's like contributing money to all kinds of political campaigns. I think she gave like $2,000 to Mayor Pete. And she sent like Bernie a check for like 450 bucks. Mm. Bernie campaign sent it back to her, just on principle. And if you look at the way that politics operates, especially national politics, but this happens at the local level as well, it has been pay to play for a very, very long time. You know, the way that the Supreme Court has handled decisions about how campaigns get financed, it's basically open-ended legalized bribery at this point. And if you don't have the money to donate to a politician's campaign in a significant way, you don't have a political voice in this country. We all know that advertising works. We all know that Usually, in most elections, it's the candidate with the most money that wins. And that's true 97% of the time. So it's not so much about getting votes, it's about buying TV ads, right? So, so I mean, so in that case, uh, Bloomberg should win, right? No, Bloomberg's just cutting out the middleman. Instead of buying a politician, he's trying to buy an election. But I mean, this is the thing. This is why Bernie Sanders is terrifying to that whole process of corruption. He's not raising money from billionaires. He's raising money from people like me and Molly. And he's depending on volunteers to get it done. Now, the scary thing is like, what happens if he wins? We've already seen politicians win on this model. So AOC winning also terrifies people because she's doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. She's not a big money candidate. She's the most popular politician in Congress right now. And she doesn't owe anybody anything. There's nobody that gets to knock on her door and say, like, remember that big-ass check I cut you 
you got to take my phone call or I'm not cutting you a check next time. Right? If Bernie goes into the White House with like that kind of position where he really doesn't owe anybody any favors, that's a real revolution. And that's what terrifies people. So that's my issue. Now, all of the other issues, I don't think you can get there if you don't have this fundamental challenge to the way that politics is financed in this country. So uh, let me see if I got all that because you said a lot of shit. I do say a lot of shit. (laughs) Your number one issue for voting for Bernie Sanders is because he's like an independent. He doesn't take uh, money from like the, the big wigs. I mean, I think that's, that's deeply significant to me. I don't think I would trust him on the other issues if he was taking money from billionaires. Okay. Molly, uh, can you answer that same question? Yeah, I mean... Not just Bernie Sanders. What is, what's your main issue on uh, when you look for a presidential candidate? Yeah, well, I... Bernie Sanders is who politicized me largely. And so now when I look at any politician... Um, I just need to know that they're actually part of empowering and building the power of the working class. Mm. And, and you can, I mean, you can often tell like what that means in terms of like their theory of how things can change in politics, what that means for everyday people. And if you're empowering the working class, then like all of those other platforms are more possible. Um, yeah. So if Bernie Sanders loses, and let's say hell world <laughs> and let's say uh, I don't know let's say Bloomberg wins the nomination will you vote for Bloomberg or will you just not vote I mean honestly I don't know Bloomberg I think might be worse than Trump so which is a pretty bold statement um, I think I don't know I, I, it'll be a really hard decision and we will have a very big uphill battle to fight I mean like I'll say like everything that I just said, Bloomberg represents the exact opposite of that, right? So if Bloomberg, if Bernie is about, you know, the removal of big money from presidential politics and the possibility that you could actually get to the White House without owing any billionaire any favor, Bloomberg is not even about owing a billionaire a favor. He's just like, well, I'm a billionaire. I'm just going to buy the election, which again, fundamentally changes the way the politics operates. If Bloomberg gets elected, the next president is going to be Jeff Bezos, and then it's going to be Mark Zuckerberg, and we'll never have another president that isn't a billionaire, and I'll move back to Canada. So you're saying you won't vote? (laughs) No. What if uh, someone else besides Bloomberg wins the nomination? So basically, are you saying that you won't vote for anyone but Bernie Sanders? Uh, No. I'm saying I won't vote for Bloomberg. Um... I think it's a very different situation depending Would you on vote for Biden. Depends on the circumstances. So if Biden, you know, in this nominating process gets the most votes across all of the states and you know, gets nominated, I'll you know, I'll suck it up and vote for Uncle Joe. Right? Because I, uh, really, you know, there's a lot of reasons to do harm reduction here. I think that uh you know the the kids in cages is reason enough to um you know to hold your nose mm. uh and, and vote for whoever but i mean that being said i also would say that if the process is such that bernie sanders 
wins the most votes in this nominating process. And at the Democratic convention, uh, because he doesn't have a majority of the votes, let's say he has 49%, but it's not enough to win on that first ballot. And I know this is kind of into the weeds of how Democratic politics works, and it shouldn't be this complicated, but it is. And there's some backroom deal where they decide, like, oh, we're going to give it to Joe Biden, even though most people voted for Bernie and people like Molly and myself busted our butts knocking on doors trying to get this man elected. All those millions of people who donated money to Bernie and the party decides, fuck you, Mm. we're installing this other candidate, then fuck no. Then in that situation, basically my vote's nullified anyway because I live in California. Who gives a shit who I vote for? This state's going blue no matter what. Okay, So the only presidential vote that matters is the one that happens on Tuesday if you live in California. Let me ask, you got something to say? Molly's got something to say. (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, I think a big thing is, like, these are hypotheticals, but it's true. In California, it's definitely going to go blue. We know that. So it really does matter who is voted in in California on Tuesday. And, I mean, I think that it's, I think one of the big things is that we have seen how the votes have gone so far. Bernie is in the lead. He's the only president, presidential candidate that's won the popular vote in all three of the first primaries. Um, he has a lot of groundswell behind him. So I think the question is just whether he's going to make it past the 50% mark to the delegate or it's going to go into a brokered convention. And then it's a question of like, it gets down to a question of like democracy and like what does it mean for people to be voting and uh, if that's going to be, you know, respected. And here's the other thing about that. You know, you got to keep in mind that everybody who works for the Democratic Party, if Bernie gets the nomination, their jobs go away. They're making money off of this political apparatus staying the way that it is, off of being able to make connections with lobbyists who are going to fund their candidates and finance those campaigns that they're all working on. If Bernie comes in and he's not taking big money anymore, they all lose their jobs. So everybody who's you know for the status quo of things just working the way they have, which does not work for regular people, they have a vested interest personally and professionally to keep Bernie Sanders out. So if he doesn't get over that 50% mark, you can bet there's going to be a hell of a fight in Milwaukee this summer. Let me ask you this. I was something really important. <laughs> but this is where we ask you what your big issue is. What wait, are you voting minute, on? Wait a minute. Let me think of what I was about to say. His <laughs> um, big issue is not answering this question. Uh, damn, what the fuck was I about to say? Who do you think Bernie's, it, well, Bernie Sanders win, who do you think uh, should be his the vice VP. president? That's the ongoing, that's the million dollar question. I don't know. Nina uh, Turner. I mean, I would love Nina AOC? Turner. She's, she's not young. old enough. Rumor is. Oh, she's, she's not. Oh, yeah, she's, nah, yeah. yeah, she's a baby. She's only. She's your age, right? She's thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nina Turner. Have you had a chance to see Nina Turner speak? No. Ugh. Just go. You search she, her up on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, but she has like. She's just. She's a well, they ass. said whoever gets the nomination, uh, the VP should be a black woman or a person of minority. To, to bring in votes. Yeah, who said that? Well, who said that? Yeah, Everybody they, <laughs> they. 
Well, I, I heard, uh, uh, I, I listened to AOC. She was on The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. All right. did, you, did you see that interview? Yeah, and yeah. Nina Turner was too, and she has a really good interview. Um, yeah. yeah, she did have a really good interview on The Breakfast Club. She's just one of the most like eloquent speakers. She is, and, and you know what? She had the best answer on The Breakfast Club about Bernie's age. What was, it? Uh, what was it? I'm paraphrasing, but it's basically like, look, I trust that you know Bernie Sanders would not keep running if his health were going to prevent him from doing his job. Mm. And you know, I have faith in him that he is he's running because he knows he's up to it. And if there was any doubt or any question about his health, he would do the right thing and drop out. And I do believe that about Bernie. I mean, he's just a no bullshit person. Like, if he was in a situation where he felt like he couldn't do it, I mean, this is what drives me crazy about Joe Biden, is that nobody's telling Joe Biden, like, you're not up for this. Everybody can see it. Like, you watch the man on television, and he's not coherent, and he's not lucid the way he was when he was younger. And, you know, I I hate to call it out, but it's true. Somebody needs to, like... You know why they like Joe Biden? Because he's you from Delaware. Why. No, no, that's not why. He's Obama's homeboy. Yeah, but even Obama hasn't endorsed so him. Well, and I mean, Obama's like, waiting for him to, to win a nomination. All right, but why is he Obama's homeboy? Why they use his vice president? Be, they go no, out. No, because <laughs> Obama needed a running mate that would let white folks in the middle of the country know you don't he think was Obama okay. And Biden are friends. They fucking I mean, hang out. I don't together. think they go Families water skiing like or anything. But you know, look, yeah. I would be friends with Joe Biden. That's not the question. Joe's cool. Like I would drink a six pack with Joe. Well, but, the, like, whole I point, the main point of getting elected is if you are likable. If like a person likes you, why do you think Obama was so popular? Because he's See, in that's there, not true. Sleeves rolled up. He's drinking beer and shit. People like that. He's likable. Sure. But people and, look, and at, people look is, at Bernie Sanders like, oh, this guy is. But you know, I think grumpy and yeah. But I mean, you old. know. Biden, one of the things that he told some very wealthy donors is not to worry because things won't change for them because that's what everyone's worried about, right? People are worried about Bernie getting in and actually doing the thing that needs to happen, which is taxing the extreme wealthy people in this country and actually providing for the working class. And they know that Bernie's going to do that. Joe's telling his wealthy donors, don't worry, things won't change. And what Nina Turner said is if they don't change... If they don't change for these wealthy people, if the, the actually the people who are holding so much power, then they're definitely not going to change for the working class. And I think that we should take that to heart. Like, Joe Biden is not invested in helping you. He's not invested in helping me. Lord knows why he's running, but it's definitely not what we need right now with where the state of the country is, where the state of the world is. And I think that'll be... It'll be a, I don't know. It's I honestly think he didn't, he didn't really want to, uh, to run. They like forced him to run. Cause you know, he got in, he got in kind of late and everyone was like, yo, Joe Biden needs to run. And he was like, okay, fuck it. I'll just run. Cause if you look at it, he doesn't, when is the last time you've seen a damn Joe Biden ad on TV or anywhere? That's Joe Biden's just sitting back saying, oh, I'm going to get no, this election. Anyway that's their strategy because he's, Obama because he's deteriorating in front of us. It seems like his strategy is to keep him out of the limelight because as soon as they, people want you to be like, oh, I have fond memories of Obama. That's my, that's how I'm going to vote. But they're well, he is they, very big with older black people. Yeah, but not with younger black people. Yeah, here's the thing too. You got to keep in mind. Black people? Bernie. Bernie has by how far. You know? Because they poll these questions. 
But but they pull these questions. No, but also like look at the movement that's being built around him. It's by far the most diverse. It's the youngest. It's the most working class. This is across the actual people who are volunteering for him as well as donors. He has by far the most donors across the whole working class. And I think that I mean, something is happening in this country and it's it's exciting and it's definitely it's the most diverse movement that's been happening in a long time. What do you think about Mayor Pete? I think he's a CIA agent. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I just go back to Joe for a second because I do want to bring up one point about the reason you haven't seen Joe ads on TV. And this goes back to Bloomberg. And this is, again, why if Bloomberg gets elected, we'll never have another president that's not a billionaire. Bloomberg is going around to all the big money donors who typically finance things like Democratic you know, candidates for president. And he's telling them, don't worry about it. I'm not asking you for your money. I'm just asking you to sit this one out. So there's a lot of folks that are like, well, that's a good deal. And they're just like sitting it out. So Joe not raising money the way that, you know, eight years ago, somebody like Obama could raise money. And the reason is that Bloomberg's in there fucking it up. We can talk about Mayor Pete, though. I mean, I just want to know what you think about him. So you think he's a CIA agent? Not, not literally. Um, but I think that substantively he would act exactly the same way he does now if he was a CIA agent. Mm. So it's like a distinction without a difference, right? Uh, he doesn't say anything. He's doing an Obama impression in a kind of creepy way. And he's not really, uh, he's not really there for anybody but himself. As far as I can tell, like, I don't, I don't know why he thinks that he's ready to run the country after kind of having a not so hot past as the mayor of you know a town of I don't know what is it 200,000 people in Indiana Molly what do you think about I have no interest in any of the candidates other than Bernie Sanders I just think that we need to be serious about this and I want a candidate that like that's about a, that's about building a movement and I know it's cheesy but Bernie's line is not me us because like I want to be part of having a say over my life. I want you to be having a part of a say over your life and that none of the other presidents have presidential candidates have any interest in that. All and right, well, I'm glad you you said that. So this leads to my next question. <laughs> um, you guys are obviously passionate about the presidential race. Are you equally as passionate about like local like mayors mm-hmm. and your like uh, city councilmen? Do you think they are more important than the president. Do you think the mayor will af- affect your day-to-day life more than the president? So shouldn't you be more uh, passionate about your local, like, si- who, who's, who's, who's my mayor, mayor, who's my city councilman, like, shit like that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And for me personally, so I, um, I got involved in DSA three years ago, and since then we, I don't know if you, in 2018, followed but Jovanka Beckles was running for AD 15 Assembly District 15 Um, and she what I'm interested in is not just like supporting a a politician because they're the least bad I feel like our time is so valuable that we should absolutely be supporting people that it's worth supporting and so I think that if there is a candidate that matches the values for me socialist is a committed to actually helping the working class, then that's most important. And I think the, like, like you said, 
mayors, local politicians, they have a lot of say about how our day-to-day lives run. But at the same time, what's beautiful about, I think, the Bernie Sanders campaign is that people do pay attention to the presidential race. It's just a good opportunity to have those conversations. And and, um, and so it's an opportunity for us to talk to people. Um, we canvas, as Dirk was saying, and if you try to get someone to tell you, like I know, because I tried canvassing about assembly district, um, a member, and people are like, what is that? I don't really, they're not paying attention to those races as much. So in terms of bringing people into the process, the presidential race is a really great opportunity because people do, they know what the role of the president is. Um, and also, I think you're right that generally most people vote and it doesn't really seem to matter if they vote for this way or that way for the president and their lives don't change that much. Most people, it feels like that. And I think that that for me is what's exciting about Bernie is that like he's building something that's supposed to destabilize the establishment. I'm going to give you an example. I mean, Mm -hmm. I care about the presidential race, obviously, but I really don't care that much because... Whether Bernie Sanders gets elected or not, me driving down the street, I'm st- I mean, I st- I'm still going to get harassed by the police. I'm still going to get pulled over. Uh, but if I vote for the right mayor, mm-hmm. that mayor can fire that police officer, you know what I'm saying? Or the right prosecutor, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's more important to me because mm-hmm. the mayor controls the police, Okay, I think. And who funds those campaigns? I, honestly, I don't know. Well, so again, this is why it's symbolic, right? So if you have a president who can become president, mm-hmm. raising money from small dollar donations, then you can certainly have a local prosecutor or a local mayor who can probably do the same thing. And if you have a network like what AOC is setting up that's designed to fund uh, you know, local politicians, other congressional candidates around the country, that then becomes an alternative to the traditional democratic means of you know spreading around money and influence, which is primarily driven by lobbyists. Now, most lobbyists don't have a whole lot of stake in whether or not you get pulled over versus somebody else. Uh, but you know the mindset that you can fund a campaign with dollars from regular people and have a candidate that is accountable to regular people is something that can be profoundly transformative even at the local level. Well, and I think, I think the other part of it is I agree that most things don't seem to change president to pe- president in people's daily lives. They don't feel it as much as like you're saying. But a couple of the big things that Bernie and this movement is pushing for is Medicare for all. And that does affect your daily life. I don't know how you get your health insurance like if you broke your arm tomorrow you don't have do you have health insurance i have health insurance through my my employer right so you're tied to your health insurance through your employer your employer do you pay a premium Mm -hmm. do you pay a deductible i don't think so i mean i have good i have a good uh, i work for uc berkeley so i have okay uh, yeah and so but you have co-pays if you go in you have to pay a Mm copay and so if you want to leave uc berkeley you're going to lose your health insurance, right? And so like, that may factor well, in. I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Once right. you make it big in the podcasting yes. game. Yeah. Right. Get all those patrons signed up. Yes. Giving you five bucks a month. If you can get me an interview with Bernie Sanders, that'll be great. <laughs> we'll continue, well, uh, yeah, continue. I'll give him a call when I get home. We'll see what we can do. Continue what you were saying. 
Yeah, I mean, so that will absolutely affect your daily life. I mean, the the ability, the stability of having healthcare and not having to worry about it being pay, tied to your employer, as well as not having to worry about paying meeting your deductible or paying copays and like a monthly premium. Um, that's like a daily thing, as well as like. Speaking of like the police state and everything, Bernie is uh, obviously in California, marijuana is legal, but he's about making that legalize across the country and expunging all the records for people who have um, that crime history that was deemed as a crime, which clearly ending for profit prisons, ending for profit prisons. But I mean, in addition to that, like if you look through the alternatives, I mean, you got you know, Mayor Bloomberg, stop and frisk, New York, 12 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your issue is not getting pulled over, you don't want to vote for Bloomberg. You don't want to vote oh, for. Yeah, no, 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 fuck him. You don't want to vote for and Uncle Joe. Joe. I mean, Biden. Joe Biden wrote the crime bill uh, that you Bernie know. Bernie Sanders voted for the crime bill. Bernie Sanders did vote for the crime bill. The '90s were a different time. I think Bernie's line on it is basically there was a violence against women portion of that, which made it worth voting for. I don't know. Did not write it though. Um, that was Joe, and Joe has you know, frankly written some really really crazy laws over the time like i remember this because it did affect me personally when i was back in college in the 90s dropping acid but like if you went to a rave you know joe biden wanted to pass a law where if like you gave somebody who was like having a bad trip a bottle of water that counted as selling them drugs and you could get thrown in jail or crazy stuff amy also a former prosecutor she's not viable though She's not, I'm just saying Amy Klobuchar. She's <laughs> trying to be president. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, that's the that's the Minnesota woman? Yeah, yeah she's the snow thing. woman, as Trump calls her. And then you got Mayor Pete, who, you know, uh, I think fired the first uh, African-American chief of police in, in uh, uh, you know, in, in, where is he the, I should know. Plus Mayor Pete, they had all those uh, police murders, and Mayor Pete didn't do shit about it, so. That's why I don't fuck with him either. No, he's terrible. Um, well, the other thing is, do you have any student debt? No, I'm, I'm, I'm debt free. That's good. Do you plan on having kids and sending them to college? Do not plan on having kids. Do you oh. have family members who want to go to college? Everyone already graduated. Do they have student debt? This that is I like a chess game. <laughs> that, that I don't know. I almost guarantee you they probably do. Okay. Um, and Bernie so Sanders, Bernie Sanders is going to get rid of all of it. All of it, yeah. And you know he's going to do but, that. Yeah, I mean, he says he's going to do it, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're does gonna he have do the it. power to do it? Because well, Congress can shut it down. Congress. So has there's all a couple. The power. That's a good point. Yeah, and I that's think the thing. That's why we got to show say, up. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But the president, well, then, people don't realize that the president is not that powerful. For it's sure. Congress. So. The, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think there's a couple things. There are some things that can be done through executive order, but a lot of this stuff, uh, it's going to take a fight. And so I think that that, for me, is also why we need to be serious about who we're putting into the presidential office, because they can't do it alone. And we are destined for four more years of the same if we don't have a whole movement to back it up and actually push for it. Think about any major change that's happened in the United States or around the world, for that matter. Um, It doesn't, if it's for, if it's gonna benefit the working class, it's because it's been pushed by the working class. If it's gonna benefit the wealthy, it's because they're doing it in a backroom deal and hoping that we don't notice. And so for things like Medicare for All, it's gonna take a massive fight because the, 
pharmaceutical industry, the health insurance industry, they don't want it to change. They benefit off of throwing you off of insurance. They benefit denying you claims. And so they're going to be doing everything they can to prevent this happening. So that's what it's going to take to get him into office to push for this, but then the rest of us to actually push our Congress people, get out on the street, and not allow this to continue. Because I think it's going to take more than just a president. And I'm sure, as anything, that Biden, that Pete, anyone else, they're not, they don't want a movement around them they, because they don't want things to change. I think that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, what I think what it comes down to is that like pretty much every other presidential candidate wants power. Whereas I think Bernie wants to empower the rest of us. But I mean, part of that means we got to be responsible. We got to actually be a pain in the ass when things need to get done. And whoever your congressperson is, your senator is like, you know, we got to get out, find out where Kamala Harris's house is and get on her ass, you know, and we need to make sure that like the people that represent us are really representing us. And when Bernie's trying to pass these things and they're hemming and hawing, cause they're trying to make money from, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, giving them campaign contributions. We got to let them know that that's not going to work. All right. So, um, super Tuesday is around the corner. What's your ideal after super Tuesday is over? What do you hope to have happened? Well, my hope is that Bernie Sanders is going to get enough delegates to outright win the nomination. That won't happen on Super Tuesday, but a good chunk of delegates will be apportioned then. Um, and so afterwards, I hope that we can make it into the, the DNC, the convention, securing the nomination. And, I mean, in the process, I think what is exciting like we were talking about before about a presidential run is that people are paying attention and I my hope is that this is raising everyday people's expectation about what they should expect about out of our government and out of our politicians um, yeah yeah I mean Molly pretty much nailed it like we got to cover the spread we can't just win we got to get over 50% so that none of these backroom deals can impact and nullify basically all of our votes and all of our hard work so you know, even if you're looking at your situation, whoever you are listening to this, and you're like, well, Bernie's going to win in California. It's not enough to win. We got to smoke everybody else and get above 50%. Otherwise, they're going to try to steal it. How many uh, states vote for it on Super Tuesday? I think like 14, 13. I think it's yeah. like 1,400 delegates, I think, right? That sounds right. I know it's uh, Colorado, California, Massachusetts. Uh, I don't know. I know those ones are definitely going. Texas. I know Georgia's not going. Oh, Texas is going for sure. Um, It's a lot. Uh, It's a bunch. There's a reason they call it super. South Carolina's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll be interesting, too. Oh, no. Sorry. Saturday. Today is Thursday. Yeah. It is Thursday. I know the only one. I know Georgia goes later because that's when my brother votes. And Pennsylvania goes later. That's where my family votes. Mm. So, uh, Molly, have you ever uh, thought about running for anything? I mean, you have the same storyline as AOC, don't you, bartender? <laughs> I am and in nursing school right now. Yeah, I'm in nursing school right now. So my hope is just to, I graduate this December. So uh-huh. I just want to become a nurse. Like an RN nurse? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Dirk, police chief in your future? <laughs> I think we already covered how much acid I did in college. I don't think that's likely. 
in my future. That's why you should run. You're like a normal everyday person. Perhaps politics, politics will never change. If I guess around like the Bay Area, I could like, probably pull I it up. I agree but. with you. <laughs> Until normal people like you, Molly, me get like start running for shit and winning shit. Well, that's happening. I mean, like, obviously, politics AOC. will never change. I would think about it under the right circumstances. I tried to. I tell this story all the time. I uh, I was thinking about running for mayor of Oakland, and then uh, the last time uh, the race was going on, I went in the vote right, and then I wrote my own name on the ballot. It's uh, <laughs> a stupid story, but I think it was funny. But uh, anyway. Um, well, next time, if you get two people, you'll have, you'll have doubled your... <laughs> That's true. You'll be, like, way outperforming expectations. All right, so um, this is the point of the, the podcast where you guys can basically go on a little rant or spill whatever. <laughs> yes. Basically promote whatever you want to promote. If you want to give people your Instagram or give the... It's the DSA or DOA? DSA, the Democratic DSA. If you Socialist you want to like tell the people where you work or how to get in contact with you guys or where to uh, donate or just information on Bernie Sanders or blah, blah, blah. Um, this is your time to do it. Um, Dirk, we can start with you. Uh, I mean, look, I'm Diablo Naruda on uh, Twitter and Instagram if you really want to follow me you for... You should spell that. They don't always gonna know how to spell <laughs> All right, it's Diablo... Uh, like the devil in Spanish, so it's D I A B L O, and then Neruda, like Pablo Neruda, the famous Chilean poet, uh, and that's N- all right. Those your wait. Let me start. Uh, when when you hit on girls, do you say that? Oh, I'm the. No, that's okay. only my name on the internet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like if I'm sliding into your DMs on Twitter or something, which I never do. I should start. Maybe, but no, no. Generally, Dirk is weird enough and hard enough to explain. All so. Right. I don't need to get that crazy with it. But yes, Diablo Neruda, um, you can probably figure it out. It's not hard to find. That's me on Instagram if you want to see weird Bernie memes, uh, but mostly like Twitter, I guess. Okay. Uh, Yeah, my pitch would just be to come out and to canvas or get involved in some way um, with East Bay DSA. I'm saying this because that's what really changed my life personally. It's one of the reasons that I'm becoming a nurse, and it's one of the reasons because I don't feel so anxious about politics anymore, because it gives you an outlet to actually do something and feel empowered, and I would love that for anyone who's feeling anxious about the world today, because you have so many reasons. Um, Yeah, so I would just encourage you to come out to East Bay DSA and, you know, get involved in something that really matters to you. How would they... uh get involved with DSA like where did it go you just I've, I'll tell you the story real quick how I found them mm-hmm. I think it was the same way you found them but I just sort of like felt like I needed to do something so I just like googled East Bay Democratic Socialists of America found the website and you can actually download like a calendar onto your phone that just tells you about events coming up so actually the first event I went to wasn't that October first Friday canvas but they had like a debate watch party at Make Westing downtown so, like, I want to watch the debate. Uh, at least if I go watch it with these people, I know they'll be cheering when Bernie says something. So I think that was, like, the first thing I went to. I didn't even stay for the whole time. But, like, it is good to be around a group of people that you know have your interests in mind. Uh, and that's important. And also, I, one other thing I would say is uh, talk to your parents about Bernie if you're a Bernie supporter. Because, you know, we need – there's not enough old people voting for Bernie. 
something. I think we need to talk to them. And also, you know, uh, tell them that you're, you're not going to have kids because you're worried about paying for college. And if they want to have grandkids, they got to vote for Bernie. That's my that's good, So I didn't mean to cut you off, Molly. Did no, you? that's okay. Yeah. Molly, are you, are you done? Sorry? You said what you had to say? Yeah, I would just, like I said, I, I know that there's so much going on in the world right now, but if you have just the smallest inclination or anxiety, I really think it, it makes a huge difference to feel like you're working together with people towards something. So I encourage you to come out. All right, well, you heard it first. Bernie Sanders... Hold up Fav- a second. What? what? <laughs> Did we convince you not to vote for Joe Biden or not? You convinced me to vote. <laughs> well, see right. we'll, we'll do better. Tuesday, Super, so Tuesday, Super Tuesday, March Tuesday. Super Tuesday. Yeah, so, uh, no, yeah, I, might, I mean, I might vote for uh, The only thing is, I mean, I don't think, yeah, I mean, fuck it, I might vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, who else are you going to vote for? Yeah, I'll let you guys know if I do. I love that. You better. That'd make me supremely happy. So yeah, uh, Super Tuesday is when March what? Third. It's this Tuesday. It's this, this Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. I just found that out my damn self. Um, so yeah, everyone go out there and vote. And you can in California this year. You can register day of, so no worries if you haven't yet. Um, so definitely do. Yeah, vote for uh, Bernie Sanders. I guess let's. Yeah. Let's all make yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, this is episode 14 of Everyday Celebrity. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Dirk, for Thank coming Thank you. That on. was fun. Thanks so much. Good conversation. Um, they kind of got me to vote for Bernie Sanders now. <laughs> this is like right after that Joe Rogan Honestly, endorsement. I'm not kidding, it's going to make my day. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see you guys on Super Tuesday. Um, and thank you for listening. We're out. You. Yeah.